Right, what's cracking, lovely people? Welcome back to the Big Feed Up HQ podcast. I'm your host, Matt Gardner, and I'm a nutritional therapist by trade, specialising in sports nutrition. Thank you for downloading and listening in. The podcast generally focuses on nutrition, movement, outdoor experiences, and at this point, I have over 130 episodes up and available to you. After you've listened to this one, look back at some of the others and see what titles resonate with you and I hope you find something useful. The show is supported by 33 Fuel who produce natural and powerful sports nutrition products. Use MAT10 in lowercase at checkout for 10% off your first order. I've made my autumn purchases of their Ultimate Greens Powder, Energy Bars, Protein Bars and their Natural Energy Drink for my cycling and running. Take a look and I hope you find something useful. Also, there's an opportunity to join the Supporting Champions Graduate Membership Programme and Community. Steve Ingham is the founder of Supporting Champions and he has worked in professional sport for over 25 years, having led and managed over a thousand practitioners and support staff. You'll find a link to the Supporting Champions Graduate Membership Community Programme in the show notes, lovely people. And at this point, I must make it clear that I'm an affiliate and I earn commission if you buy through this link. To be fair, I wish there was something like this available when I was studying at undergraduate level, at postgraduate level around 10 years ago. It's something that you need to pick up practical knowledge Um, information before you go into the coalface of working in sports and performance and to be fair during. So if you're someone that's studying at the moment at undergraduate level or you've come out with some qualifications and you're looking for the next step then give the supporting graduate membership program a look. Also lovely people if you like the show please share it with someone. Ultimately it's the only way the show will grow Subscribe on Apple Podcast, on Spotify and SoundCloud and leave me a comment or a review. That would be absolutely mega. Now, today I have a nutritional therapist called Harriet on the pod. She's also a health coach, a wife and a mother, and she specializes in helping women understand their bodies and master their periods. I think you might need a pen and paper with this one, lovely people, so... Without any further ado, let's get into this and I hope you find our wide ranging discussion useful. Harriet, welcome to the show. Hi Matt, thank you so much for having me. It's brilliant to have you on and I think big picture stuff, obviously we're going to discuss women trying to feel good, trying to thrive on their period and start to move away from feeling bad, um, self-destructive thoughts around their emotions, their physical feelings at the time in the month. But before we kind of move into that, I thought I'd just kind of pin that straight away. Be brilliant to hear how you got into doing what you're doing and then maybe discuss a little bit of your experiences as a practitioner, um, you know, supporting women online, in person over the last few years. Yeah, Great. So um, I trained at the Institute for Optimum Nutrition and the training was just under about four years. And that was, I think, probably one of the hardest things I've done and one of the best things I've done. 
Um, and to begin with, I really wanted to uh, focus on fertility and supporting women getting pregnant. But then I got distracted by a few other things that came up. So um, like gut health and autoimmunity. And after I qualified, I guess I just wanted to get as much experience with as many different people as possible. And it gradually dawned on me, especially after moving to Somerset a year and a half ago. Um, I, I don't know why that's related, but just the change helped me realize that that what I really love doing is helping women who are in a similar situation as I was before I trained to be a nutritional therapist, who, um, who are really struggling with all sorts of different kinds of period-related issues. Um, and I guess because I know how, how hard it is to function when you're having to struggle along with really painful periods, really heavy periods, feeling really wiped out and tired or having awful mood swings and not being able to um, feel calm and you know you're you're um, losing your cool with people you can't sleep so well all of these various things it makes life just so much harder and I love helping women to improve their cycles and have a much better experience of, of you know the month their month um, I, I it's really rewarding and I, I really love doing that mm. I, yeah I, I guess partly because it's something that I had gone through before and I had that transformation I know how powerful changing your your habits and your diet can be brilliant so what I'm hearing is you you kind of found if we can call it a specialist area in your clinic quite easy um to move into because obviously we'll have people listening to this that are training as nutritional therapists or sports nutritionists will have people listening to this that are new grads and trying to set up their business and things like that so um, there's one side of it obviously you you knew what you'd like to specialize in um, but then was there was there any kind of feelings in your mind actually because working as a nutritional therapist I can cover you know a wide range of uh, health related issues conditions weight management, all of those things that you learn in, in the college and that you can gain practical experience in. Um, is that ever weigh on your mind at all? Or are you, are you kind of very focused on obviously working with a very particular client base in, in a really in-depth manner? Uh, well, I, I didn't always know what I wanted to do. I, I, it, it, took, me, it took me a while to, to kind of reach this point. And... And so actually to begin with, I was a bit scared of working with hormones. It was, there was such a complex system. Um, and I think I came to it, I just, I, I fell into it really by starting to work with, with the menopause and seeing and learning more about the menopause and then realizing how impactful it is and how, how helpful it is. And um, I, I guess I, I didn't want, I, there are various areas that I wanted to continue working with like gut health and autoimmunity. And then I suddenly, I just realized that just just by focusing on one area like hormonal health, it doesn't mean that I'm not gonna work with digestive health. I mean, most of my clients, I need to start with, with, gut, with supporting their gut health. It doesn't mean I'm not gonna work with autoimmunity. It's not gonna mean I'm not gonna work with all these other things. It's just it, it helping me identify the kind of person that I want to work with. And I guess, I, what I realize is that the kind of person I want to work with is kind of is is 
was me like seven years ago. And I think that's that's that was the, the turning point for me is realizing who I wanted to help. Mm. That's really think, yeah. Go on, sorry. With clinic, things start falling into place when you things start falling into place when you realize the kind of person who you want to help and you have that person in mind. Mm. Yeah, that's really clear. Um, I don't know if that. No, that's really clear. It's just interesting. Is that, is that your experience? Um, yeah, well, yeah. I found obviously my my experience is kind of deep rooted in sports nutrition when I when I first started about ten years ago, and then obviously um, we met down the line through I studied nutritional therapy in London, and then started working in the kind of private healthcare corporate wellness sector, and then obviously attending various um, seminars and conferences. Obviously, back when we could do all that, you know, get a hundred people in a room. Um, and then you connect with people. And I think that's how we got talking and obviously through Instagram and things like that, too. And um, yeah, I think as as my experiences have grown, I've, I've become more uh, ready to refer and build partnerships with other practitioners, not just nutrition, you know, around movement, around biomarker testing and things like that so but I know I think I know where my expertise lie because like you said you go through it yourself and you experience things like training for me and endurance events for me but then also just the the weight management and looking after people that have busy professional lives um, came up as well and it's something that I really enjoy so like you said you work through it yourself and then you realize actually I think I can put a format of care together for these people I'm not going to rule out other things but I'm going to work with other practitioners learn and then I think if I am going to start to widen my client base then I'll make sure I'm ready to do that to take on certain cases and and do that really so yeah that would be my experience um so look I think there's obviously quite a lot to cover um and it's really good to have you on the show and as I was saying before we started to record that I'm actually sitting down for this one because I've got my pen and paper out as well I usually stand up and do it um so I think we discussed obviously off the call um, at the moment there's obviously a change in weather if uh, people are listening to this down Sorry, the... Matt, I can't hear you. Oh, are you gone? Wait a sec, I'll just pause. Right, lovely people, we're back. So before I got cut off there, we were talking or I was talking a little bit about how the seasons change. So this time of year is uh, autumn, we're in October and I thought, Harry, it would be a brilliant place to start and dig into your knowledge and your your practical application around basically do seasons affect uh, a woman's period so I'd love for you to start there and um, yeah we can kick things off and hopefully you can provide us with some useful insights okay so um so what I'm going to talk about is often referred to as the seasons of the menstrual cycle but Actually, that doesn't necessarily refer to the seasons of the year. It's it's a useful um, term to illustrate the fact that there are four different phases of the cycle and they they reflect the seasons of the year, um, not necessarily um, actually being influenced by it per se. Um, and I, it boils down to there being... Um, so four different phases of the cycle there's a a winter phase uh spring summer and autumn reflecting the different energies that that women have and that which are rooted in this physiological changes that are going on um and this all kind of comes from um 
the fact that there, there are women have two different uh, body clocks. So all men and women have a circadian rhythm, the sort of day to night body clock. But women also have something called the infradian um, rhythm, which, which an infradian means a, a rhythm that's longer than 24 hours. And so for women, that's more like 28 days. And now, you know, the, the seasons of the, the, the year is a, an infradian rhythm. It's, a, it's 365 days. Um, so there are lots of different kinds of infradian rhythms. And women have a, you know, the menstrual cycle, that's, that's ours. Um, and that's that's not something that we share with men. Men have a, a 24-hour rhythm um, with their testosterone, testosterone changing. When women have this, you know, this this other one. And the real, what I find so um, so wonderful is that we need is, is is helping women understand this, and so they can tune into it and get so much more out of their um, their daily lives. Their, their work, their exercise, their sleep, their social lives, um, their mothering, all of these different things can be really enhanced when you start to tune in to this, um, twin, this, this, the phases of the, um, of the, of our infradian rhythm. Um, and that's because over the course of, of our 28 days, um, our rhythm affects our brain, function, our metabolism, our immune health, our microbiome, our stress response, and our reproductive system. So um, all of these things are, are fluctuating in a particular way throughout those, the 28 days. Um, and the, the circadian rhythm, so our, our sort of 24-hour body clock rhythm, communicates with our uh, our 28-day one. So if our if if our circadian rhythm is, is a bit wonky, then that's going to make our infradian, our monthly rhythm, a bit wonky. So it's all about making sure that that um, we're in sync, because when we're in sync, then all of all of these things, our brain health, our metabolism, our immune health, um, our stress, our reproductive system can flow and be and and really work well, and. Partly why I find this so interesting and, and I'm so passionate about it is because women often feel like if, when they're not in sync, so many women aren't in sync because this is quite new knowledge. Um, or at least, you know, maybe we used to know it thousands of years ago, but we're coming back to it. Um, if women aren't in sync, sync with it, then we, we can often feel like we're, we're failures or, you know, it's our fault for maybe one day we feel really energized and we can do a really strenuous workout and the next day we're actually really flagging and tired and we don't necessarily know that we need to honor these fluctuations so if i can kind of jump straight into into describing them i'm going to start off with explaining our um our winter so this is the the first phase and it, it syncs with the first day of our bleed um <clears throat> so the first day when our period arrives harriet and what's hi yeah just quickly before we go into that i'd just like to pick up on a point to give an example and i'd like your point on this um you know the circadian rhythm and the dysregulation uh, before you get yeah. into obviously the the information in the winter um cycle 
Uh, would that be an example of, say, uh, sleeping? So going to bed and waking up at different times, uh, potentially stress response with life load, um, stimulants like caffeine late into the evening due to workload. Would they be examples where um, uh, women listening to this, um, that may be happening to them and then there's there's a dysregulation, you know, without going too deep into it? Is that uh, something fair to say, oh, yeah. a few of those points? Absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, also, you know, as well as coffee and staying up late and, um, you know, stress and life load, as you, as you put it so well, um, you know, also things like looking at our smart our phones and watching telly, you know, that's that blue light stimulation. Mm. Definitely all of those things, for sure. And could it also be so now, obviously, with the, the time in terms of uh clocks and things going back soon less daylight would some women potentially be susceptible especially because you know we're encouraged to stay in our own homes and things like that at the moment so actual I just use the kind of silly term sunlight in the eyeballs um, and people do yeah. laugh at that but that is that going to ring true to potentially people not getting enough natural light not being outside is that something that can cause potential dysregulation in, in one circadian rhythm as well yeah, and I, I definitely think so. And that, I think that's probably more rooted in our own individual makeup and our own sort of genetics and how, how mm. into, you know, those are individualities. I think that's probably where some people might be more vulnerable to it than others. Mm. Mm. But for sure, I think that'll, that'll be an extra um, influence yeah, factor. to all of this. Yeah. interesting yeah. cool okay i just wanted to give a, a few points to the listeners there because i was thinking it over when you were explaining that and the circadian dysregulation and yeah that's so interesting about the female clock i had been doing some research around chrononutrition and the the central clock and then a lot of these clocks uh peripheral wise you know in terms of muscle and gut and all these kind of things and the changes in time and when people eat so um, that's that's really fascinating so I'll let you carry on so obviously you were just starting but I just wanted to yeah I just wanted to bring that back a little bit and voice some of my thoughts and then people might be you know thinking about the same in terms of sleep or stimulants or natural light or blue light so it's brilliant to discuss that thank you no thank you it's a good point to raise and I, I also I find um I, I find all of this so interesting about the body clock and it's brilliant that um, you know, however long ago, all of this was 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 known in sort of Ayurveda, and it's now and traditional Chinese medicine, and it's now coming out in the in the science as being you know our cells have their own body clock. I think it's absolutely fascinating. Um, but yeah, to go back into describing the different phases, so starting off with the winter, with what we you know re what reflects really well is the winter, which is the first day of, of the bleed of our women's bleed. Um, and that can, last, you know, our bleed can last any between, anywhere between three and seven days, more or less. And if it's longer than a week, then, then that's probably a sign that things aren't quite right. And what's going on in the, in the body is uh, that progesterone and estrogen fall and testosterone because there's no conception, there's no, there's no pregnancy. So the lining is shed and, and broken down and, and shed. Um, and when estrogen drops, it sends a message to the hypothalamus, which is, is a kind of the master commander and it's, organ organize, it's orchestrating all of these messages. And so the hypothalamus starts to prepare for another cycle of ovulation. Um, and because of the drop in hormones, 
we start to we start we, we get a our energy drops so we can feel more introverted and introspective it's a good time for for self-analysis and and actually many women may, may crave some time alone and um and even maybe feeling restless and dissatisfied is completely normal at this time um our intuition can be a bit clearer we can sort of tune into that a bit more our kind of gut instinct um we may find that our period's a bit painful and that's something that to be checked out because pay, um, when we bleed, it, you know, it can be intense, you can feel the cramping, but it absolutely shouldn't be painful. And if you're having to reach for painkillers and that's something that you need to raise with your doctor, potentially, could it, be, it could be a sign of something, um, something else like endometriosis or fibroids going on. Um, and... <clears throat> to support the body as it's going through this phase it's really important to honor the fact that we need to rest and slow down and and find time to be quiet and maybe go to bed a bit earlier um it's a good time to reflect and write you know journal um maybe set intentions for the month ahead um and even if it is finding 20 minutes on your own then then to really try and, and do that just to to help your body recharge and um, and manage, you know, support your body as it as it's doing this. In terms of exercise, it's important to to, to slow down as well because you're you're helping your body repair. After, you know, as it's bleeding, it's the, the lining needs to repair so it can start building up again. So, so so um, so walking, stretching, gentle yoga, all really good things to focus on or if you have to train hard if you've if you've got some um a training schedule then maybe making sure that you've got more rest days planned um and then you can start to gradually increase your exercise as well as your bleeding comes to an end um and then there are various foods that you can focus on during this time because and so as we're losing nutrients um when, when we're bleeding, the obvious one is iron, but also minerals. It's, it's important to replenish those. So making sure that your diet, you know, you're eating lamb or beef. Um, if you're a vegetarian and make then or vegan, then beetroots and chickpeas. Um, if you can have seafood, lots of seafood, uh, seaweed, so plants, so foods from the sea, rich in minerals, um, to, to replenish those that we've lost and um, sort of warming, nourishing ways of cooking like soups and stews is a really good, it's good uh, ways to, to cook at the moment, uh, you know, at this time. Mm. Um, so I think that pretty much covers this phase. Sure. Um, so what you're, so if I kind of bring that back, it's a little bit about, Lis- yeah. listening to your body self-reflection yeah. um, exercise and obviously again it's very individual but you're talking about things that maybe are a bit lower and slower gentle so yeah. just movement mm-hmm. yoga like you said if you are already engaged in a training plan that you may pay for focus more on the recovery days um, and train smart um, and then the kind of basics around nutrition and nourishment thinking about foods that are rich in iron so if you are a meat eater then obviously that's 
quite clear what to go for in there and then if not you're looking at your beetroot your chickpeas if you are someone that does include seafood then that's brilliant because obviously they are very mineral rich um and then i suppose it's the point of like you said if people are slowing down uh and some women listening to this are thinking actually um maybe it it might be important if i'm slowing down and thinking about things to organize a shopping list you know to organize when I'm going to be active around work and family and things like that. So it might be uh, useful to say it's uh, it's quite a good planning phase as well, potentially, yeah. to take some time Absolutely. and do that. Definitely, definitely a great plan- planning phase. Um, and reflecting on what's gone and what you might want to change going into the next month. And also, you know, one a time to... Um, to not to fill your diary with loads of social engagements and maybe not have your in-laws is more demanding and stressful on you um time to to have a, a long bath epsom salts to your body mm. especially if your period is painful um so yeah i love i definitely you, you seem to have completely got the idea and planning is a really good thing to do right now in, in this phase interesting and again obviously it comes down to one's individual response as well and I'm sure obviously you have these conversations in clinic but you mentioned uh, painkillers and um, I've also had a few conversations with some women recently around uh, taking iron supplements because obviously you see it a lot you know when I used to travel on the tube you see these iron tablets and you know replenish this time of year we're not going to obviously go into the vitamin d conversation because I think we can park that for another time but Do you find in your experience, you know, you do speak to some women and, you know, the paracetamol may come out and then these iron tablets may come out because they feel like they need to just buy them. They're not really too sure. And often that can, you know, that may that may put a bit more pressure on the gut. Is that is that safe to kind of um, have a have a quick chat about that? Do you see that at all? Yeah, definitely. And there are some women who have, you know, years and years worth of of taking ibuprofen and paracetamol to manage their period. Um, you know absolutely regularly consistently and and considering the impact on on their gut health and their immune system um as a consequence of that so so trying to encourage um different ways of managing the pain um and there are some lots of lots of uh tools that we can use so um things like castor oil packs they can they can be messy but they can be very effective. Um, a TENS machine, which is usually thought, considered, usually used during um, labor, can be very effective. Um, hot water bottle, and making sure that you are, are including foods rich in omega-3s and anti-inflammatory um, herbs like turmeric can be really good in your diet as well. Mm. Um, yeah, no, that's a good point. It's interesting. Brilliant. And I think just at this point, lovely people, I'll put uh, Harriet's Instagram in the show notes. So she's one that, you know, definitely practice what she preaches. I was looking on there before the start of the show and you've got soup recipes in there. Um, You know, fantastic kind of warming dishes that can cover all different kinds of nutrients. And obviously they're warming. They bring fluid. Um, They're an easy way. You don't necessarily have to be a complete kind of skilled scratch cook or you know fantastic chef to put them together i do a lot of them too you just chunk the veggies up and you know herbs that can be dried or fresh and you could add your meat or something like that if it's something you do eat and um yeah there's definitely a lot of uh, 
foodie inspiration on your on your page for people to go and check out after they listen to this so i'll let you carry on so obviously that's you know that's the first phase and i think the good thing is about this kind of um you know way of discussing things people can pause they can reverse they can listen to that again so um yeah let's move forward into 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 the next phase okay great and and just one more point i wanted to make um which occurred to me when you were just saying that about um is that this is a really good time to make use of the slow cooker if you have one because you especially if you're busy you're work you're out to work all day you can bung things in the slow cooker and you come back and you have a really nourishing easy to digest you know nourishing uh, meal um definitely okay so going into the next phase which is uh which often people call the spring because it, it reflects the sort of um emerging from the cocoon i guess as it were um and so this is this is the follicular phase of the menstrual cycle where um after menstruation the pituitary gland releases follicle stimulating hormone which which stimulates the follicle, the follicles in the in one of the ovaries to mature. Um, and remember the the follicles are what contain our eggs. So so it's about getting ready to um, mature an egg and ready for hopefully conception, and and, and beginning to thicken um, the lining. Um, and what what else is going on is that estrogen and testosterone levels are gradually increasing. Um, and that means that our energy is returning, our mood and, and our mood is is improving, and um, our capacity to think clearly and and um, our cognition, I guess, is is improving as well. Um, we can start to feel more powerful, um, feel feel basically ready to be back in the world, and and willing to take more risks. Um, with the increase of, of testosterone, um, you might get a return of your sex drive, you might feel more extroverted, more sociable. Um, and oestrogen has a relationship with our appetite. So when our oestrogen is higher, um, it, it, kind of, it slows down our metabolism a bit. So we, we don't need so much food, we, so we should focus on lighter meals. Um, also, oestrogen has a relationship with dopamine which means that that's another reason why we can feel better. You know, it's a, our mood improves. Uh, we can feel more creative. And generally, this, this phase means that we should feel more upbeat, uh, more revitalized, more stimulated. And, um, and so it, it can be a really good, a good phase. Um, with our energy retur- returning, then it's a good time to try a new kind of exercise. Maybe if you haven't done something like, I don't know, like going to a Zumba class, now's the time to go and try out something like that. Um, it'll feel easier um, to try something more challenging. Um, and also, it's it's a good time to, to try something, an exercise that's more demanding because um, uh, our muscles can be built faster and repair more more easily, more, more quickly. So things like weightlifting and HIIT, high intensity interval training is a, is a really good exercise to focus on at this, this point. Um, and in terms of, of uh, looking more widely, 
say at work, it's a good time to start a new project and making decisions. Um, it's a it's a good time for brainstorming and problem solving. Um, maybe a good time to start speaking up in meetings and um, and starting to be sociable again. Um, but then a little word of warning: don't 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 jump back into all of this too quickly because some some people can that you know it takes a little while for their hormones for estrogen and progesterone to start rising again, and you can get a bit of a false start. A bit like in the spring, you can get a sudden frost. Um, so just, you know, emerging back slowly, don't rush back in, you know, ease into it. Um, and in terms of food, um, because I mentioned earlier, our, our metabolism is slower because estrogen is high and there's that relationship, um, we can get by with less. So focusing on more fresh, vibrant, lighter foods like salads, lots of vegetarian, um, not vegetarian, lots of veg vegetables, um, leaner proteins and avocados particularly are good at this point. And then in terms of a style of cooking, steaming and sautéing is also a good um, a good way to cook. Um, and if you're if you're someone who who takes your temperature every morning, I I, I try and coach I, I coach my clients to take their temperatures in the morning when they're when in order to try and get their, their period to, to get to know their periods better and to improve their cycles so at this point um with progesterone low your temperature will also be low um so that's another um thing to look out for as well so so i guess in summary your energy is returning and you're beginning to sort of emerge and take things back on and um feeling more sociable sure at this point Sure. So obviously also notice your appetite, like you said there, um, people may be used to eating um, maybe a little bit more in the phase before. And then that doesn't mean you have to keep doing that. So noticing yeah. your appetite and then, like you said, there, focusing on protein, focusing on vegetables, especially the ones that grow above the ground that may have a little bit more fibre. So you're kind of yeah. slowing down that gastric emptying time. So you can still yeah. keep a high volume of food, but then the calorie intake and the way your brain might feel fuller for longer, um, that's definitely something to consider. And then obviously from the practical sense, that comes down to, okay, what do you have at home? If you are someone that's traveling to work, what do you have around you? Are you going to change the composition of your main meals? Um, are you going to consider removing a snack um, and then bolstering your main meals with slightly more protein or vegetables or something so you know there's a few things to consider there if you're listening to this and practically you're, you're looking to try to navigate through things and yeah the two points the one around temperature I found fascinating that's definitely something mm -hmm. I'm going to look into and the second just around decision fatigue potentially in the phase before but then in this yeah. phase like you said there creative thinking decision making cognition um, project leading people um, that's really interesting to consider and as much as obviously you and I are deep rooted in nutrition I think it's also about being productive you know people listening to this wanting to find an edge how can you do that through your health through listening to your body obviously the world's going to continue to march on regardless of pandemic and all these other kind of things going on so you want to feel sharp so it's interesting where you might have to try to uh, manage workload and events socially and all those kind of things 
So they work in your favour when when you feel great and you feel ready to tackle these things. Yes. Yeah, so that's exactly it. This is what I love about this, because you can start to plan your diary much more effectively and so that you can get the best out of, of, of yourself. And, and of course, you know, as you say, life, life soldiers on and you can't necessarily plan everything around your own cycle. That's, that's, but you can, you know, if you have to have a, an important meeting when you're, you have your period, then you know that you need to take extra time to, to rest um, either before or afterwards or both just to make sure that you can get the best out of yourself. And, and then, you know, planning, making sure that you're, you're, you're starting a new project at this phase can be really effective. Um, and I think that's just so powerful. It's so empowering to know that this is this is this is what you can do, and and how you can manage your time more effectively. Yeah, agreed. Definitely agreed. And then that final piece on exercise, shocking the body and things like that. People can kind of obviously use that reductionist term. I like it sometimes by just saying, mix things up. Like you said there, there may be more intensity coming in. There may be some load through body weight or through resistance training. But then if you feel better, if you feel stronger, if you feel like you're recovering quicker, then why not bring that in? Keep the body guessing and, and add different things. So that's fantastic. So, yeah, there you've obviously you've, you've covered off mood, creative thinking, decision making, exercise, uh, nutrition. That's absolutely brilliant. So, um, yeah, what's what's next? <laughs> okay so what's next is is the ovulation phase and this is i think this is when often women tend to feel at their absolute best so um so i guess so what's going i mean this phase may only last three maybe five days if you're lucky maybe ha- perhaps a little bit longer and what, what's going on um is right before you ovulate there's a surge of a hormone called luteinizing hormone and that causes the follicle to burst open and if you look at this in pictures it you know it's it's like it looks quite violent and and often women can feel um a slight popping or a little bit of pain um or, or a twinge when this is when when ovulation is actually happening but if it's painful it, again then that's something if you need to reach for painkillers at this point then that's something that should be looked into um because it, it shouldn't be painful um and what else is is going on is basically the whole the female body is getting ready to doing its best to to get to, to help with conception so your cervix is is changing it's moving higher up and softening so that sperm can get more easy to where they're supposed to be to fertilize an egg um, cervical fluid changes and it its composition changes so it, it there are more nutrients to um, help sperm survive and and help them there are various changes that sperm need to make in order to be able to fertilize this neck and there are various um, nutrients in the, in, in the cervical fluid that helps that change happen in the, in the sperm um, and uh, so I think that's all really, really interesting. And and then sort of more emotionally, um, estrogen and testosterone are peaking, which means that you're feeling, women tend to be feeling at that most sexy, most attractive, most confident. Um, you actually, women look very slightly more attractive. Their features become a little bit much, that much more symmetrical. So not only do they feel more attractive, there's a there's a, 
they actually looking a you know more symmetrical more attractive um you're able to verbalize thoughts and feelings better you're feeling you know you're really in your creative flow now it's a really good time to socialize and connect with other people um so in terms of of work perhaps pulling yourself out there asking for promotion maybe having job interviews um it's a good time to go on a date or or have a you know a, uh, a special night out with your partner um and also perhaps time to have difficult conversations maybe have more demanding guests coming to stay with you um also uh there's a relationship between endorphins at this time in estrogen and if you need to have something like dental treatment or waxing then this is the time to have it because your um your endorphins are higher and your endorphins your natural pain relieving chemicals um and that seeks nicely into exercise um because you're you're more far more you're, you're most energetic um and you're able to do much more strenuous activities you can do your boot camp um you know a good running all of those more strenuous ones and, and it's also time to fit in perhaps more soci sociable exercises maybe team sports hockey netball um maybe rugby um but there is a uh a, a note that um estrogen increases joint laxity at this you know with a higher high, with a peaking in estrogen you also get a increased laxity in joints and that means that you're perhaps at increased risk of injuries so making sure that you're really well warmed up beforehand and that if you've done something really strenuous and to make sure that you use a foam roller afterwards to help ease off the you know help reduce any injuries um in terms of eating um it's i guess it's the focus is on making sure that with estrogen high at this point you're able to eliminate it and break it down uh, healthily so those foods that can help you do that so lots of vegetables dark green leafy veg and particularly cruciferous vegetables which are um your your um broccolis cauliflowers cabbages brussels sprouts i think they're becoming to come into season now um bok choy also rockets and um watercress are also cruciferous veggies um because they they're really potent at helping to break down estrogen safely in the liver um and supporting your gut as well because that's that's part of the elimination process so um you know, wide variety of vegetables probiotics um not probiotics but but um fermented foods like sauerkraut kimchi kefir all of those sorts of things to to help the breakdown elimination of estrogen um and then and then i'm i'm was really happy to hear that you're interested about the temperature so what happens to your temperature at this point is um you get a sudden dip before your before you um ovulate and then after you ovulate your temperature increases so that's something if you're tracking your your temperatures you look for that dip and then the and then the big increase and you can tell you can you know if you've ovulated by that increase because um women can still produce the the different um 
cervical mucus, which becomes more 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 like egg white at this phase, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not a, an absolute mark. It's not 100% accurate as a marker of ovulation. So te- tracking your um, temperature is really really um, a good way of making sure that you know that you've ovulated. Harry, just to clarify, there you're saying there's a, a dip in temperature. Yeah, there's a slight dip, and then it and then it increases. Sure. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Now that's really interesting around the temperature. And again, it's something that a lot of women may find it hard to control certain things. And, you know, they find that they're powerless potentially. But at least with that kind of testing and not guessing, like you said, there are other things at play. But at least you can control and take uh, an aspect of that kind of measurement process into your own hands and do that. So no i think that's really interesting and quite an empowering tool as well and obviously it's like anything when you when you're picking up data points you need to do quite a few of them over time and speak to a health professional about how things are changing and how you're feeling but it's something obviously that women listening to this can obviously pick up and start doing and um you know obviously you can leave recommendations and things in the show notes or bits of kit and stuff like that too so i think that's a that's a very interesting tool it's not something i expect us to have a conversation about so i'm, I'm glad we found that insight you know no, it's really it's, it's it's such a powerful um thing to do and, and it doesn't it's not that expensive you, you you can get um what you need is a uh, a thermometer that goes under the tongue and you need to have a thermometer that takes the temperature to two decimal places and then there are loads of different um, tracking um, apps online um, and I'll make sure that you know the one that I think is so good sure and so you can put it in your in your show notes sure but it, it's a it's a really really helpful tool to have and I I would say uh, tracking it for at least two maybe three months to get to know your have your your um your cycle a bit and especially if you're perhaps if there are any is it, if there's anyone out there who's wanting to become pregnant because um you might discover when you take your temperature that you'll actually ovulate a little bit earlier than you thought you did and so you need to make sure that you're trying to conceive that that makes a big difference about when you're actually trying you're having sex and trying to conceive you might be slightly have doing it at slightly the wrong time so it's it's really empowering and useful agreed yeah that's really interesting and then just to cover off like you said in terms of women maybe feeling more energetic and trying more vigorous forms of exercise or a huge variety of um, multi-directional movement and things like that too in team sports so it's important to obviously be aware of uh, the total amount of food as well in this phase maybe not obviously down to the absolute calorie but if you're burning more energy obviously you have to think about what's going back in and then your piece around like you said warming up and recovering effectively so hydration getting the blood flowing moving certain areas of the body that you know may be key in terms of preparation before you do exercise and yeah, I agree, you know, with the with the foam rolling or just doing something that you can to to cool down and to uh, just move in a certain way to support recovery or like you said previously, jumping in a bath with some Epsom salts, interesting stuff around magnesium yeah. there or doing the kind of hot to cold. I know, especially before the pandemic, people using a lot of saunas and things now. I know that's maybe not on everyone's list and going to gyms and things, but that's really interesting. And yeah, the piece around just supporting the gut and without, it's, it's such a minefield, isn't it? But that general recommendation to people of 
just consuming fruits and vegetables, a good variety. And now these fermented foods and things are available if you're not going to make your own. So trying a drink or trying something that could go on the side as a bit of a condiment, like some uh, fermented vegetables or things like that, too. It's easier for people to integrate those into their you know, their kind of dietary environment, really. And you may only use it at a certain time in the month. You know, it's not something that has to be expected to come in every day. You know, people feeling pressure about how often do I drink kefir or do I need to start buying all this kombucha? It's really expensive. But actually, if you just use it at a certain time um, or a certain X amount of days in the month to bring a bit more variety in there, then obviously it's it's kinder on the wallet. You know, it's not something you have to do every day. Um, and then you can take some time to get used to the taste profile too because obviously the ones that are more natural you know don't obviously taste that great compared to the ones that are flavored um, and you know enhanced um, because it's a huge area isn't it now these food products and drinks and things booming and people getting confused about um, you know how often to have them which brands etc so at least people can drip feed that in alongside different types of fruits and vegetables when they can at a certain time in the month. Yeah, definitely. And also to point out that you don't really need that much either, you know, a a couple of tablespoons over the course of a day of some sauerkraut is really all you need. Um, Especially if you're starting out, if you're you're new to fermented foods, then then definitely start with less and build up to more. Um, Yeah, you don't you don't need that much because they're so potently full of bacteria. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So, yeah, it's interesting, obviously, just to bring this back. There's there's so many peaks and troughs in terms of uh, changes in hormonal function, appetite, mood, cognition. But the good thing is, as we kind of section it off like this, and like you said, there's always going to be an individual response and women may enter different phases at different times compared to others. I think it just comes back to listening to your body, doing something like a temperature check, um, thinking about practically what's what's in the cupboards and the fridge and freezer and when um, when you're planning to do more activity how you're going to support that in terms of your getting ready around your schedule getting ready around uh, hopefully helping with recovery with fueling so it's it's trying to break things down isn't it and not let it become daunting it's p- picking maybe an aspect you know one phase and trying to move forward and and and, and look after themselves really isn't it yeah, definitely. I, I wouldn't say you need to jump in and do all of this immediately. You need to start with something and start start tuning into it and start changing he- things here and there. And that'll be much more sustainable and effective over the long, you know, long time rather than, than jumping in and changing everything mm. and then finding it very overwhelming. Definitely Mm. Um, start you know changing a few things here and there and gradually easing into it and tuning in yeah so look we you know we're, we're, we're coming up to just over 50 minutes so you've been so uh brilliant with your time um but you know before we start to round things off are there are there any other things at this stage that you think listeners should know about or is there anything you want to signpost listeners and things to in in terms of obviously mo- moving through a lot of this information oh gosh there's there's I guess there's so much. Um, I think one of the main things to point out is that um, if if there is, if you if a, if you have as a woman you have period pain or heavy periods or or no periods or irregular periods, um, 
your trouble sleeping, um, trouble with your mood, these are all signs that there's something not quite right with, um, with your body. There's something that's not quite working very well. And um, I guess putting it another way, in 2015, the American College of Gynecologists and Obstetricians um, felt that a woman's period, a woman's menstrual cycle is, a, is her fifth vital sign. So along with our heart rate, our body temperature, women, it, our, our menstrual cycle is so important. It's such a, um, a strong reflection of our overall health that it should be regarded as a fifth vital sign. So if it's a bit like the canary in the coal mine. If, if there's if there's something that's not quite right with the body, it'll show up first in your period. So it's really important to pay attention to what is going on um, and seek help if, if you're having to endure various things, if you're, if you're pain. Pain is not something that women should have to expect to experience. I, I don't, you know, we have this sort of societal program, programming that seems to suggest that um, our period is a curse and, and the women should endure it and suffer but that, that absolutely that's not the case um i i used to have terrible pms and i was diagnosed with endometriosis and that was really hard and um by changing your diet and your lifestyle and getting getting some professional support you you can complete you know you, there's no there's every reason to expect that you can overcome your and improve your your period and overcome um pms and all of those sorts of things so I, I guess that that would be my the main thing that i would want to um the main point that i'd want to make aside from talking about the seasons mm. yeah some really powerful words and i think it's um you know i'm safe to say that it's brilliant speaking to someone who's so passionate like yourself who's obviously gone through a lot of things and um, you know you're you're looking to really support people so mm. it's, it's it's brilliant to discuss these things and then obviously if people need to take things further and have a conversation with a health professional and with a nutritional therapist then there are practitioners like yourself out there you know very very ready to do it so um uh, yeah i noticed you um you've done obviously uh, a few of these and i like the term you know the, the kind of period masterclass on your uh, social channels i'll put your instagram uh website on in the show notes but is there anything else that um the delicious should know about that that's coming up that um you know you're you're basically um giving yourself over to people in terms of uh, presenting or doing any facebook lives or have you got any kind of closed groups that people can engage in obviously people can work with you one-to-one um is there anything that you, you want to let people know about well, um, in, in, an, in, a, in an attempt to try and honour, you know, what's going on in my life, we are about to move house. So I, I'm, I've been clearing the diary um, coming up and, and planning for, for next year. And so next year, um, I'm going to be running another, doing another masterclass and running another period makeover course, which is a, a full week course that I run to talk women through all the, the you know, the, the different pillars of health that that you, you can tweak and um, change to improve your periods. So um, that's really exciting. And I'm also launching in January um, group coaching. So um, as well as my one-to-one client support, I've, I I don't 
I wanted to make sure that other people who who maybe can't afford to work with me one to one because it is quite expensive um, can access support. So I am launching um, group coaching, which will look like maybe small group a small group of women. I'm going to do it online and I'm going to do it in person locally with me in, in Somerset, working through um, various topics, a bit like the masterclass over the course of a few months. Um, and we'll have group sessions and lots of support with recipes and um, group a Facebook group and all of that sort of thing to, to really um, help women on a more, uh, I guess, in a more low key way, but, but get a, group support which i think is so helpful mm. um so those are the sorts of things that i'm working on at the moment that sounds brilliant so um yeah if you're listening to this obviously continue to uh follow harriet afterwards and stay in touch for that stuff obviously in january 2021 that sounds brilliant so people can obviously get that personalized one-to-one approach but then also like you said the kind of community-led group troubleshooting uh, speaking about certain pillars and just discussing things in an open forum some people may want to do as well so look that's that's absolutely brilliant Harry look thanks so much for your time um, I hope people engage obviously in in what you do and uh, your recipes and all of the information that you're putting together on your Instagram and things like that of the home life um, good luck as well with ha- moving house maybe if we get get you back on the show in the new year and you've come through that and we can have a conversation about um you know some some of the uh, practical tools and things that you're offering as a practitioner in a few months time it'd be awesome to have another conversation on here yeah great thank you i'd love to do that definitely thank cool. you so much for having me matt it's been really really enjoyable no it's been insightful for me as well and it's much as a kind of um the show is obviously to to bring practitioners and people like you on to to give out information but for me i learn a lot too it's not a specialist area of mine um, and it's something where it helps me develop as a practitioner, connect with other people too. So it's, uh, yeah, it's brilliant. It's been super helpful. And I think hopefully people will find a lot of this information and run with it. So um, I think that's what it's all about. So look, if you're listening to this lovely people and you think that the show will benefit someone, you know, a friend, a family member, a colleague, then just share share the show that's ultimately how it's going to grow engage with harriet she's someone that obviously i connected with online and we've had chats um you know sometimes almost two three four times a week on instagram so she's usually popping up there and we're discussing food and things like that so as always you know reach out to practitioners we're not just people who put up things and we won't talk to you unless you know, we're charging hundreds of pounds. It isn't like that, you know. It's all about sharing information. And then, obviously, if you want to take things on further, then you can have those private and uh, individual discussions. So have a healthy week. Thanks for listening to the pod. Go and check everything out in the show notes, and we'll speak to you soon.